All right, what's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday here in Sharks territory. We have quite the show for you tonight. So, um, you know, strap in because we're going to go all over the place. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be recapping the draft. I know it's been a crazy past couple of days here. Um, so we have about four days of recaps. This is the last time we all got together and spoke in some Sharks hockey. Um, so with that being said, let me start off by saying check out all of our previous episodes on SharkCityHockey.com. And don't forget to subscribe, um, turn on your live notifications, because uh, you never know when we're going to go live. Anyways, so here we are, another Shark City session, another summer series. And uh, before we get started with any recap, again, we're going to go into the draft recap. We're going to go into the whole Doug Wilson Jr. situation. We'll, we will review the unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents for the Sounds of Sharks much more. Way, way much more. But first, before we begin anything, uh, Shark City pays tribute to Brian Marchment. Uh, so Brian Marchment, a longtime NHL defenseman, passed away uh, last week, just a day before the NHL draft in Montreal. Um, it's been announced as due to natural causes. Uh, Marchment was a veteran, 17 years in the National Hockey League. Uh, his time was with Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, Whalers, Oilers, Lightning, Sharks, of course, Avalanche, Maple Leafs, and the Flames. Um, since 2007, he's been a scout for San Jose Sharks, and um, he's been an American Hockey League affiliate. So yeah, he's um he joined the front office August 2007 and he's been working with the scouting and player development departments ever since. Uh, Marchment was honored by the NHL commissioner Gary Bettman at the start of the NHL draft and of course followed with uh brand new general manager of the Sharks Sounds Mike uh Sounds Sharks probably uh, Mike Greer. Montreal yesterday with the untimely passing of Brian Marchment, who was here in his capacity with the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, our condolences, the condolences of the entire NHL family go out to Brian's family and friends, and I'd ask everybody to stand for a moment of silence in Brian's memory. Thank you, Montreal. You guys have been wonderful hosts this week. I'd like to congratulate Joe Sackick and the Colorado Avalanche. Before we make our selection, on behalf of the Marchman family and the San Jose Sharks organization, I want to express our sincere thanks for the outpouring of love and support that we have received over the last 24 hours in response to the sudden loss of our beloved friend and colleague, Brian Marchman. As most of you know, Brian loved the game of hockey. He absolutely loved it. He breathed it. He used it. No one was happier to be at the rink than Mush. 
His opponents may not have enjoyed playing against him, but as someone who was his teammate, I can tell you that there was no one I would rather go into battle with or who you would want on the bench than Brian. Brian's reputation on the ice was that of a fierce, relentless competitor. But off the ice, he was honest, down-to-earth, loving, and he truly cared about people. You could tell this by the way he engaged with everyone, the questions he asked, and the time he spent with you as a person. The imprint that he has left on his teammates during his 17-year NHL career, the Sharks prospects who he has mentored and helped develop, and on his colleagues, both inside and outside of the Sharks organization, will be felt well into the future. Tonight, we again send our most heartfelt condolences to all of Brian's family and friends, but particularly his parents, John and Joanne, his siblings, Wayne, Carrie, and Tara, and especially his wife, Kim, his children, Mason and Logan. We love you, Brian. You will be missed, but you will never be forgotten. All right, so that, again, was at the top NHL commissioner and um, Sharks' new GM, Mike Greer. Anyways, um, so, yeah, you know, rest in peace, Brian Marchment, a.k.a. Mush, and, um, again, condolences to the family and friends of the Marchment family. All right, so um, with that being said, we're going to start our recap of the 2022 NHL entry draft, specifically for San Jose Sharks. We're not going to spend any time um, or much time on, you know, play-by-play, if you will, with the whole entire uh, draft sequence. Uh, We're Sharks fans, and that's what we're here to talk about. So first off, let me start off welcoming the newest Sharks in San Jose. Um, And I'm going to try my best to do this without any mispronunciation, so bear with me, of Philip uh, Bystedt. Cameron Lund, Matthias Havilid, Michael Fisher, Luke Kuhn, excuse me, he wasn't drafted, he was traded, Mason Dupit, Jake Furlong, Joey Muldani, Eli, Bar- Eli Barnett, pardon me, and Reese Laubach. All right. I think I got through that pretty decently. So day one, day one, obviously, uh, you know, number one, or at least this projected, this year's projected number one, Overall draft pick Shane Wright dropped, of course, out of all the places. He ends up in Seattle, uh, so he went fifth overall. So now we're going to have Wright versus Eklund, so that's going to be pretty awesome to uh, grow the rivalry between San Jose and Seattle Kraken. Um, so Sharks fans patiently or anxiously, if you will, waited for the 11th overall selection only to see the pick traded away, and um, that was a trade done with the Arizona Coyotes. So they acquired San Jose Sharks first round draft pick 11th overall. Uh, they got Connor geeky out of that for those who are wondering and San Jose return got the 27th overall first round draft pick of this year, a second round draft pick 34th overall and a second round, another one 45th overall on this year's draft pick. And uh, so, obviously, uh, Philip Bystet, pardon me if I'm doing that incorrectly or pronouncing it correct, correctly, uh, Cameron Lund and uh, Matthias Havilid were the results of uh, those draft picks we acquired from Arizona. 
So let's get briefly into the whole um, situation with why we traded 11th overall for 27th. Uh, it was suggested that the Sharks didn't have their top choice available, so it made sense to trade for the 27th overall in two-round uh, draft picks, which the Sharks previously had none going into this draft. For those of you who remember, Sharks traded away their second-round draft pick uh, to Arizona out of all teams for the talents of Aiden Hill. Uh, so it makes you wonder how much of this was a Mike Greer move or just a part of the whole... Um, you know, Dougie Jr. and Tim Burke game plan. Um, so a lot of fans, you know, um, had their, you know, opinions to say the least of what they thought about selecting uh, Philip Bystead, the centerman, you know, as being the top of the Sharks 2022 draft class. And um, as a result of that, you may have heard the name Brad Labbert recently following this draft. And that's because fans of Sharks territory were a bit thrown off with the Sharks passing on Labbert to select Bystead. And uh, so for those of you who are wondering, you know, what all the commotion and noise is about, you know, let's look into let's look into why the fans are making noise specifically on social media. OK, so. Um, for those of you who do not know, um, Labbert was projected to be a high high uh, draft choice in this year's upcoming draft pick and I'm excuse me of draft selection. Whereas Philip Bystead was ranked 70th overall. So he got a C grade from elite prospects. That's where this is all coming from, by the way, um, in comparison to Lambert, who was almost like top. Okay. I don't want to say top 10. That's a little exaggerated, but at least top 20. At least top 20 at the least. I think I see him 11th on one of the rankings. Now, keep in mind that, you know, NHL NHL scouts and, you know, all the various, um, you know, hockey um, entities out there all have their own grades and their own rankings for each player. Uh, this one is all just pretty much that I'm presenting today is summed up from elite, elite prospects, pardon me. So, um, you know, if you heard otherwise or if you've seen other information out there, um, not trying to contradict anything you've read, just letting you know the stuff that I have access to, so to speak, okay? But long story short, uh, Lambert was projected on some people's list to be top 15, okay? Um, and the Sharks went and they drafted someone who's ranked to be 70th overall with a C grade. A uh, scouting report was um, based on, you know, this is on based on his, um, you know, based on his several games throughout his season that the scouts attended. Long story short, uh, Philip Bicet is said to have Unlock potential, but they wonder if he'll ever unlock it. And if you want to compare him to anybody, they compare him to William Carlson. So a lot of Sharks fans know that name here, uh, specifically for uh, now being you know his tenure in Vegas. But a 95% similarity in points per game in successful matches. So essentially, um, you know that's a big hockey term and stat to say that he is um, similar when they're having success like this player does when he has success with his team. My bad. I'm losing uh, I'm losing words to explain this. But long story short is, I'm trying to keep it positive, but hey, he was ranked 70th overall. They say they base his game, or he bases his game on going through opponents, and that might be kind of a downfall. Um, so uh, again, Labbert was projected to be top 15. I, again, I believe I've seen him 11th on one of the ranking, on one of the, um, the scouts, scouting reports. 
So a lot of a lot of fans were not very happy with that, and that's pretty much the whole reason why you heard that commotion. We did our own poll for each um, for each player drafted, and from the results that we got, about eighty percent of y'all out there were pretty happy with the twenty seventh overall selection from um, from Sweden. Six four, two hundred five pound center, a gold medalist for the under eighteen uh, World Juniors. So, you know, it's not as bad as a scouting, or he's not as bad as the scouts are making him seem. But you know, what 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 does all that really mean, right? We'll see um, what the Sharks could do with this, um, you know, number one draft selection this this season. And by I mean what we'll see is they'll be showcasing all of the uh, rookies, or most of them, including last year's draft picks and so on uh this year with the uh the three on three prospect scrimmage so i'm looking forward to that all right so let's just quick quickly um you know for the sake of you know um keeping it quick and thorough here because we have a long show ahead of us uh let's just quickly go through the draft picks here so cameron lund was drafted 34 overall he's from the green bay gamblers on the um ushl league he registered 50 points, 25 goals, 25 assists, and 62 games in the USHL. Um, he's from Bridgewater, Massachusetts. He's a he's a big center, a little bit underweight, right-hand shot. So, you know, the Sharks are definitely feeling depth with that. Um, he, you know what? I, I don't have any problem with that from my, from my understanding. Um, Lund and Havilid... The two second, uh, the two second round draft picks were their best draft picks. Even Michael Fisher following that. So let's let's just um, get back on track here. So Havilid, uh, the second second round draft choice for San Jose Sharks, um, he actually received a B grade and he was ranked forty two on Elite Prospects um, scouting report. So to get him at forty five is amazing. So that's that's um, <laughs> that's a big. Or, um, for, for my opinion, you know, that's a big, um, position to land, you know, um, a highly, uh, rated prospect because, you know, there's a lot of talk with, with, um, you know, some core players on the blue line being moved this season. So, um, definitely nice to see that. Now he's a little bit small, you know, on the small side, he's a uh, five ten, 172 pounds, but you could see that he's uh, performed. You know, he again, he was on that um, Sweden World Junior gold medal team as well, and he was the MVP of the J20 uh, playoffs. So you know, he has some skill. He definitely has some skill. Um, the scouting report, our scouting notes on him are saying he has ability to shake the forecheck, high level handling skills, use of backhand, use of hook passes, finds the best play, and has a lot of poise. Uh, not that I like to compare. Uh, uh, hockey player positions or their talents to like football positions. But the report literally says that this guy has the ability to kind of be a quarterback out there on the ice. So, you know, very interested in seeing what that kid could do on the blue line in this uh, upcoming tournament. Uh, so Michael Fisher, Michael Fisher was the third over uh, the third round draft pick drafted at um, 76 overall. That's another uh, B grade there. Uh, excuse me, I believe... So let me just make sure I get my story straight here. So Havilid was ranked 26 overall. Uh, Michael Fisher is ranked 42, and we got him at 76. Again, another B grade, um, great potential, they say. 
uh, defender, another defender. Um, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of people are kind of like, well, hey, um, you know, this guy's a high school player, so what can you really, what can you really say about him? Well, six two, one hundred ninety eight pounds. The kid's going to keep growing. Hopefully, I don't know if he'll get any bigger than six two, but in terms of weight, he's going to get bigger. Um. Again, he's a defender out of St. Mark's School in Massachusetts. Uh, he led all team defensemen, and he finished second among team skaters in points, 50. So he had 37 assists and uh, 13 goals in 28 games. Uh, he's committed to Northeastern University, so he's going to be playing some college before he even makes it to like the CUDA. Um, but they're saying that he's the most dominant, dynamic, offensively gifted high school player they've scouted in years. Um, it's actually quite interesting how many um, selections the Sharks decided to take out of uh, out of high school this this in this year's draft. But moving on, uh, so this is where it kind of starts to trend downwards, and I don't mean any disrespect. I mean Mason uh, View Pitt. He's unranked in the draft. He was given a D grade. He was drafted 108 overall. I can only imagine that it has to be to uh, just add some depth. Um, he's a goalie. He played in WHL with the Spokane Chiefs. He played 49 games with a 3.63 goals against average and 0.89, uh, 0.893 save percentage. So, you know, we'll see what Nabokov could do with this kid. Um, but, hey, the Sharks got a goalie prospect. Uh, again, I'm pretty interested. I'm interested in his size. Kind of reminds me, you know, he's right up there with Aiden Hill. So, you know, um, I recently heard... Some noise about Reimer gaining interest. He was gaining interest during the trade deadline of last season, so of course he's going to gain interest. But um, I firmly believe that Hill will be the one out of San Jose. We'll see. And uh, if so, then this kid, in terms of size, would be a nice replacement. So moving on to the fifth round. Thank you to everyone who's staying tuned, uh, by the way, as we um, just quickly wrap up the 2022 a draft for the Southern Sharks. Uh, so the fifth round, we have Jake Furlon, again, another unranked um, defender out of the ECHL for Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, he was drafted 140th overall, fifth round by San Jose. Uh, his scouting notes say that he has a mobility and handling skills to help on the breakout, but he often throws the pucks away under pressure. Uh, one scout went to say that he's not that excited at all. His game feels like it's already capped at this level. Uh, so that's a little concerning, but again, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they bring. Um, you know, the showcase that they're about to put on uh, next week in Sharks territory. Uh, so, moving on, going on to the sixth round, we're almost there. We're almost there, uh, Sharks fans. <laughs> thank you, thank you for uh, dealing with me here. All right, are you sticking with me? Uh, Joey Muldowney drafted 170, um, 172nd overall in, this, in round six of the NHL entry draft uh, from Lakeview, New York. A 5'11 winger, 154 pounds, shoots right. Um, he led his school, Nicholas School, with 97 points. That's 57 goals, 40 assists, and 56 games. This is another high school uh, draft choice here. Uh, his goals led all prep hockey players in the country, and he appeared in three USHL games with the Des Moines. Oh, my bad, Des Moines. Tongue twist right there, Buccaneers. Shout out to Iowa. Uh, recording two points, one goal, one assist, and scored his USHL on his USHL debut on April 20th. Uh, 
So he has some promise, young kid. Um, and now, last but not least, the seventh round, Eli Barnett drafted the hundred and ninety fifth overall. He's a six five, two hundred and twenty pound defender from the Victoria Grizzlies of the British Columbia Hockey League. I'm kind of excited about this kid, um, just because you know that size on the blue line. Uh, he recorded, hey. We'll get into it a little bit later, but we might be losing some size on the blue line. You already know. But uh, Barnett recorded 13 points in um, in 55 games in his rookie season with the British uh, Columbia Hockey League, and he's ranked fourth in points all right, uh, for his team by defensemen. So, again, just investing in some depth at this late in the round. Uh, probably the story of the draft, the story of day two of the draft for sure, is San Jose Sharks drafted local, literally San Jose local native Reese Laubach, 207th overall in round seven. He's from San Jose, California, six foot tall, 168 pound center, shoots right, obviously going to have to definitely put on the weight, but he spent last season with North Star Christian Academy. He scored 102 points in 57 18U games. That's the 18 and under league. All right. He was drafted by the Youngstown Phantoms in phase two of the USHL draft last year. And he played in two games. Um, You know, prior to playing at North Star Christian Academy, everyone knows that he was part of the Junior Sharks program. Well, they didn't know. (laughs) We found out that day. Um, So, you know, it compliments to the Sunday Sharks. Because obviously that right there is, you know, testimony to how well they are building hockey in the Bay Area community. All right. And that right there is your 2022 San Jose Sharks draft last. All right. That was quite the, uh, quite, um, you know, quite the journey. So we're going to, Move on here. So um, thank you to again to everybody um, for tuning into tonight's episode. We got a lot of cover. The last four days in Sharks territory has been has been frantic, to say the least. Uh, so in the fourth round of the NHL entry draft, we cannot move forward without mentioning that uh, the Sharks made a trade in the fourth round. They traded John Leonard in a 2023 third-round pick in exchange for Luke Kunin um, from Nashville. So that right there is uh, pretty exciting. Kind of one of the first, you know, we got a, we got a taste of everything. Um, we got a taste of everything with Mike Greer and his his fingerprint, you know, his impact he's having on the franchise right away um, with draft picks and with the whole uh, trades during the NHL uh, entry draft. So a draft uh, day deal for San Jose. Again, they acquired Luke Kunin in exchange for John Leonard in a 2023 third-round pick. Uh, some highlights for Luke Kunin's career. He was a Big Ten all-rookie team in 2016, NCAA West second All-American team in 2017. He was drafted in the 2016 NHL Draft, 15th overall by the Minnesota Wild. He was traded to Nashville by Minnesota with a fourth-round pick for Nick Benino. We all remember that guy. 
on the Sharks, right? <laughs> and uh, a second round pick and a third round pick as well. Anyways, uh, so now Luke Kunin is a San... Well, he's not a San Jose Shark officially. He, the Sharks, by acquiring him, also retain his uh, you know, negotiation rights, as they say. And they qualified him. So we'll get into that a little bit more later on in in the program here. So that was the Sharks draft day. Man, you know, a, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of uh, ups and downs, highs and lows. For some Sharks fans out there, they felt that this one kind of fell flat over the past couple of years. I thought so too with, you know, whole Doug Wilson. He didn't even know where to go to announce the first round draft pick. And maybe that's, you know, the front office's fault for setting this up over the past couple of years. Probably has to do with the fact that most of this was, you know, being done remotely as we're still in the midst of the pandemic. But long story short is, uh, you know, we kind of got um, treated here in Sharks territory to have these kind of very memorable uh, draft selection announcements. Uh, Not so much this season, but it's all good. Um, Before we move on, speaking of Doug Wilson Jr., it's... um, Fair to mention two previous coaches here in San Jose. Bob Boudner found a job with Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it took Bob Boudner less than a week to find a job. So all that talk around the league about the Sharks leaving them kind of to dry is now debunked, right? Um, a lot of people were saying that the Sharks didn't find favor with, you know, the whole head coaching regime and all, all this other noise. But Bob Boudner is now an associate coach for Detroit Red Wings. Um, Detroit head coach, he says that he checks off all the boxes and their organization's priority was to get an experienced D guy and that he feels that Bob Booner's head coaching experience in five of the last seven years, including coaching Norris trophy, winning defensemen and Stanley cup winning players is a valuable to the Detroit Red Wings. I think that last sentence is a little stretch, but it is what it is. Um, Roy Summer, congratulations to Roy Summer, the AHL's most winningest coach in history. Spent his um, 26 years of his career with the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, um, you know, coaching them through all their, uh, through all their like rebrands for their minor league teams up until now. Most currently, the Barracuda. Um, but yeah, Roy Summer was introduced today as the club's fourth head coach of uh, the San Diego Goals. That's the AHL or yeah, the HL affiliate of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Roy Summer. He finds himself in a head coaching capacity again. And that leads us to Doug Wilson. Some more changes here. So um if those of you missed it, uh, McCarthy, John McCarthy is now um head coaching of the CUDA. Uh, moving on. Doug Wilson Jr. and the San Jose Sharks decide his best to, you know, break up and part ways with each other. Uh, Wilson, Doug Wilson Jr. just finished his 10th season at the San Jose Sharks organization. Uh, fourth is a team's scouting director. Uh, Greer wanted to install, as they're reporting on the Mercury News, his own hire for their role. Said he and Wilson met this weekend and decided to go in different directions. That's what the Mercury News is reporting. Um, again, Greer is quoted as saying that maybe a little bit, I think everyone sees players differently and maybe the way he saw them or whoever 
and the way I see them are different and how I want to play and how I want to build my team are probably slightly different when asked about the different philosophies, excuse me, philosophies between Doug Wilson Jr. and uh, Mike, Mike Greer. So, man, it's... <laughs> It gets it gets deeper. We're gonna have we have more reaction to go um, for this one. I mean, honestly, I think you know it's time. I think it's time. If Mike Greer is okay, so really quick, let me take a step back. Let me get a chance to react. I feel like at this point I've been kind of reporting. Um, so really quick, uh, kudos again to um, Roy Summer and Bob Bugner. It's kind of nice to see the guys. Um, are still considered, um, you know, their experience, even though it may not have been too favorable recently in San Jose, it's still, um, it's still valuable as, excuse me, my gosh, can I spit out? It is still uh, regarded as highly valuable amongst the league being a coach in San Jose. My goodness. Thank you. Being able to get that out. Okay. Um, so congratulations to both of those uh, previous coaches in San Jose and, you know, sharks trading for Luke Kunin, honestly, I feel like, you know, we're just another death forward. We'll see if the Sharks even, I mean, they offered him a qualifying offer. They, you know, they gave him a qualifying offer, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, I was reading some stuff about him maybe potentially being some trouble, but I don't want to, you know, be Debbie Downer or, you know, um, you know, Donnie, Donnie Depression and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just give the Sharks high praise. Um, and put all trust trust in Mike Greer's decision. Um, as far as the draft, I think overall, most of us here in Sharks territory felt it was at least a C. Uh, we did a poll here in uh, Shark City on our Instagram, and about 63, I believe it was, or excuse me, 83% of you, I believe, was um, graded between A, B, and C. I would say overall C, C+. Plus. Um so with the whole Doug Wilson Jr. thing, now as we catch up to um, where, just, where we just left off, I honestly feel like this is the time, right? Um, two things. Number one, Mike Greer, he's going to want his own people in place. He, he kind of already said it. He said it on the Sharks Audio Network. And um, also, I find it interesting that this is going on because up until about a week or so ago, it was reported that it was a re- the requirements for you know being the general manager sounds like sharks were to keep the likes of Doug Wilson Jr. Tim Burke and Joe Will. So with Doug Wilson Jr. now gone, does that necessarily open the door to maybe Mike Greer choosing his own assistant general manager? Uh, apparently Tim Burke is is someone he wants to work with, so it seems like he's here to stay. Um, some fans out there were kind of speculating whether or not Doug Wilson Jr.'s decision has to do with um, any anything related to his father, Doug Wilson Sr., our former general manager's health. Obviously, no one has heard from Doug Wilson uh, since he stepped down, or since, you know, it's been a minute, even before he stepped down. Um, but I wouldn't go as far as thinking um, anything on the negative side, if that was the case, from my understanding, even before uh, or during the time when Doug Wilson Sr. announced that he was stepping down as a GM, there was reports of there potentially being another role lined up for him somewhere else at a higher level than what he's at or where he was uh, previously. And apparently that's the same situation with Doug Wilson Jr. Apparently he already has 
some opportunities uh, lined up. Um, so it won't be too long before we see him employed uh, with another franchise. And I would be shocked to see if both senior and junior go to the same club. But anyways, uh, those two Dugs are out. Doug Waite is in. So Doug Waite was hired um, to be um, several things. Uh, obviously, he's here to be with Hockey Operations. Uh, he'll collaborate with Mike Greer on player personnel, player acquisitions, drafting, and development. Um, he's obviously uh, previously serving uh, time with the New York Islanders. Um, Doug Wade is, of course, an NHL legend. Uh, over 1,200 games. Played with the Rangers, the Oilers, the Blues, the Hurricanes, the Ducks, and the Islanders. Uh, he had 278 goals, 1,033 points. Those stats are courtesy of TSN. And yeah, uh, Mike Greer, he had nothing but praise again for him on the Sharks Audio Network. And I, I encourage you all out there to check that out. It's available um, on the same platforms that this podcast is available as well. Um, so speaking of development, development cap is underway and the Sharks released their development cap roster. Um, I won't go into everyone who's on the roster, but the ones that stand out are... And on the forwards, Thomas Bordalo, obviously our first round draft pick, uh, Bystead. Philip Bystead's going to be, um, you know, he's here doing a development as of today. Uh, Brandon Coe, William Eklund, Daniel Gushin, uh, Adam Rasa, of course, Scott Reedy, Tristan Robbins, Weatherby, Ozzy Weisblatt. They all stand out for me. Uh, on the defensive side, on the blue line, um, we have Fisher. Barnett, all of our uh, draft picks from this uh, this uh, this year's draft, Havilid, and then you know we have Montana Onyabuchi. Obviously, everyone uh, knows the time from him for the Cuda. And um, on the goaltender side of things, for me, uh, Goodrow Benjamin Goodrow is the one. Uh, some people say Strassman. I'll say okay, maybe Strassman too. But I got my eyes on Goodrow. Uh, one of these goaltenders is going to have an opportunity to step it up. Um, Sharks are going to move some pieces, honestly, in the near future, and, and they're going to definitely be in net as much as they'll be on the blue line. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, the Barracuda, speaking of which, they released their 2022 rookie faceoff tournament. And um, that's going down Friday, September 16th through Monday, September 19th. Uh, so that's Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Um, series of games, but we'll just stick to the ones that are important. The Sharks will take on the Ducks Friday, September 16th, 7 p.m. at Tech CU Arena. Um, again, on Saturday against the Avs, the Stanley Cup champs are coming into Shark City. And they'll be at the Tech CU Arena Saturday night, 7 p.m., taking on the Sharks. And Monday, September 19th, we'll be taking on L.A. Kings try to beat L.A. at 3 p.m. Monday afternoon, Texas U Arena. Uh, the 2022 NHL and 2022-2023, excuse me, my goodness, I cannot speak tonight. The 2022-2023 NHL schedule is released. I almost sound like Tweety Bird right there. Anyways, um, I'm not even going to go into that schedule because it's available out there. Add it to your calendar. Check out which games you want to go to. And um, 
you know, we'll get together during that season. But let's just move on to what's really on the horizon here. And that is the free agency. Uh, San Jose Sharks released their restricted free agent list and their unrestricted free agent list. So we're going to start with unrestricted free agents. For those of you who are not aware, that means that they're essentially being released by the Sharks. They are going to be cut. Um, the one that stands out the most is Jonathan Dolan. Uh, he's the son of former Sharks forward, Oof Dolan. He had 22 points in 61 games this season. He was voted the rookie, top rookie, like rookie of the year, I think. And, um, you know, Bugner slashes ice time and, you know, the rest is just downhill from there. Um, for those of you who want to know, Mike Greer was quoted on the Mercury News saying that there's a certain type of, pro- excuse me, a certain type of profile of player and things that we're looking for to kind of make this team, the team, uh, the type of team, pardon me, that I would like it to be. Dolan doesn't fit their profile right now. I wish him the best. So it is what it is. For those of you who are who want to know why that Dolan had some, you know, promise. Well, according to general manager Mike Greer, doesn't fit the profile right now. It is what it is. Best of luck to you. Uh Blitchfield, Gallet, McGrew, Malosh. Um, you know, you you see the names up there, Morand, Pashinuk, and Zach Sachenko. Another casualty, I think. Of the you know, of the shark salary cap, um, you know, woes here. Um, yeah, Zach Sachenko, I think he was he had some promise, didn't really get the shot that he deserved. Um, doing really good and then never utilized, but it is what it is. Um, so let's just speak about who's going to stay, or at least you know who may stay here in San Jose, and that would be, of course, everybody's favorite. Mario Ferraro, Sasha Chomvelsky, Jonah Gajevich, Noah Gregor, Capo Kakinen, and Luke Kunin. They've all were issued qualifying offers, which really kind of in a way means that, you know, they retain the negotiating rights. So some teams may be able to, um, you know, if they're interested in these guys, just because they're given qualifying or, uh, offers doesn't necessarily mean that San Jose signs them. You know, um, they could be put on the market, so to speak, and other teams could approach them if they're interested. And let's say the likes of Mario Ferraro um, garners the attention of a bunch of clubs out there. Uh, the Sharks will have a compensation that are required if they want to sign one of these uh, players that they have the rights over. So... Um, Sasha Chavelski, Mario Ferraro, Jonah Gadjevic, Noah Gregor, Kapokakin, and Luke Hoonan. They're all still a part of the team. We own the rights to them. But we'll see how many of them actually suit up for San Jose. All right. That pretty much leads us to this other news that we got going on in Sharks territory. Or actually, you know, let's finish it. Let's, let's, let's do this topic first. Um, so this is more recent. As of today, Rudolph Balsers was placed on waivers for uh, unconditional waivers for a purpose of a buyout um, via cap friendly after buying out Rudolph Balsers and his $100,550,000 annual average salary. Uh, the Sharks now show $7,000,000 
$209,166 in cap space uh, based on the projected roster of 20 players, with two of them being on the injured reserve. Um, so obviously, you know, buying out Rudolph Balser's um, saves Sharks some money in the long run and helps us out with, uh, you know, being able to secure some of those contracts like Mario Ferraro. All right. Um, ooh, we are moving along here. Uh, once again, just want to say thank you to everybody. It's been a long, long program as we're catching up for um, the past four days here in Sharks territory. I'm Aaron James, by the way. Uh, you've been listening to the Shark City Session special summer series here for um, Shark City Podcasts. And uh, if you're listening live on Twitch, um, Instagram, or if you're watching live on Twitch, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Facebook, uh, thank you again for spending some time with us on this uh, Tuesday night here. Um, so uh, we're going to end the program with the Brent Burns trade um, trade talks here. So Mike Greer uh, made some comments during a news conference about he didn't shy away, essentially did not shy away from speaking about the um, idea of trading um, the Sharks' Norris Trophy-winning Brent Burns, defenseman Brent Burns, okay? So for someone for, for someone as big as that name to be dropped in trade talks, I think, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people are not calling it a rebuild. A lot of people are not going to call it a retool. Mike Greer himself said there's a lot of R words going around. But, um, you know, essentially what it all comes down to, it has nothing to really do with Burns and his value or his contract. He's valuable. He's worth the contract. But it just more or less has to do with the fact that Burns is getting older and he wants to win the cup. Every player wants to win the cup. And being a former player, Mike Greer understands that. Um, So... Uh, Mike Greer commented, as a matter of fact, that he can relate as a past player and is aware that age can become a factor, especially when trying to chase the cup. And essentially, he said if Brett Burns wants out of San Jose, if he says, hey, I want to try to win somewhere else, kind of like, you know, the Marlowe and, and Thornton uh, deals that we had. Um, apparently, Mike Greer will try to make it happen for him. Um, so... Uh, Mike Greer is quoted as saying he's been here a long time. He's been a great Sharks player. I'll let him kind of lead the way a little bit on that, go off his lead. As a former player myself, as you get older, you want to keep that competitive fire burning. And what keeps that burning is a chase for the cup and winning. So, you know, for those of you who are still drying up your tears about, you know, some of the, like, you know, Doug Wilson Jr. being let go of or Rudolph Bossers essentially being um, bought out or, <laughs> um, you know, Jonathan Dolan being released, uh, get prepared because it appears as if um, Brent Burns is on his way out of San Jose. And that has been the last four Days in Sharks territory. My goodness. So much to review. Don't even know if I have time to react. Just wanted to get all out there for some of you who enjoy the weekend and just kind of like perhaps, you know, you digitally detox and then you turn it on your phones on this Monday and Tuesday and you're like, what did I miss? Well, that was everything. Everything. Everything in a nutshell. Okay. 
Thank you all. It's been almost 50 minutes. It's almost been a regulation game and almost been an NHL regulation game. I'm Aaron James. I'm about to sign off for the night. Um, let me just scroll through the comments really quick to see if I didn't miss anything. And uh, once again, thank you to everybody who's been staying tuned for the whole program. Um, don't forget to visit us on sharkcityhockey.com to check out all the previous podcasts, our whole collection. And uh, we got some big things coming very soon. Uh, so stay stay up with us on the uh, social media. Follow us at Shark City Hockey, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, we, and on YouTube. And we'll be um, dropping some new, fresh content um, again shortly here. All right, until next time, we'll probably get together again in a few days, maybe at the end of this week. I am Aaron James. This is the Shark City Session.